What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all, as always. Before we get into the meat of today's show, a little uh, news coming out on this Thursday, uh, late morning, as Kevin Winkoff, the former Binghamton attackman, has announced he will be using his fifth year of eligibility at Penn State coming off an 55-point season, 37 goals, 18 assists uh, with the Bearcats. Winkoff is a 108-point career there with the Bearcats, uh, now heading to uh, Penn State program coming off two losing seasons, looking to get back on track in 2023. He is one of five uh, transfers the Nittany Lions have picked up this summer the third grad transfer, along with Chris Jordan uh, out of St. Lawrence and midfielder James Dalamonte out of Muhlenberg, uh, two uh, D3 guys jumping to D1. Chase Mullins, the faceoff man out of North Carolina, and Richie Hugson, the faceoff man out of Providence, also in that transfer class for the Nittany Lions that uh, – no, I, I ranked as as number ten in the country, uh, number ten in college class before Winkoff. Um, if I had to go back and do that again, uh, you know, I, w- w- which you did not see it put out last week, uh, and not really a ranking, but just ten winners from the portal, and uh, Penn State was was the last team mentioned that I have updated it uh, to add Winkoff to there and, and put a little note there that it was updated, but. Uh, if I had to go through that again, I'd, I'd probably still put them at 10 uh, behind Virginia and Duke, uh, you, you know, maybe put them up one. But uh, this is a pretty good transfer class that Penn State has coming in this season, and we'll see how uh, those guys, especially those three grad transfers, you know, implemented it into a younger roster, uh, what the impact of that will be. The purpose of this show today is not to talk about the transfer portal. Let's talk about teams looking ahead towards the 2023 season. This week, I've uh, started my fall snapshot series uh, where I'm taking a look at all 75 Division I teams heading into the 2023 season. Um, this is a series that just began, when did I put the first one out? Monday with Air Force and uh, will be wrapped up. Uh, well, I'm planning on having it wrapped up. Uh, I think I've done, you know, done the schedule out where it, it should be done, wrapped up by, I want to say, October, uh, by, uh, by ha- Halloween, so late October. And uh, so we got five teams this week that I previewed, uh, took a snapshot of, got five next week, uh, you know, recording this here on Thursday. So Air Force, Army, Navy, and Cornell are already out by the time you hear this. Uh, Bellarmine will also be out as well. Going um, in alphabetical-ish order uh, based on teams who've released their rosters thus far. So next week we have... Dartmouth, Denver, 
Holy Cross, LIU, we're going to jump around a bit, uh, but try to keep it as, as alphabetical um, as you can with, with teams releasing their rosters at various different uh, times. Uh, but, but really, you know, here the next week or so is when you really see things, uh, teams releasing their rosters, and we should be getting schedules here as the, uh, as the month of August progresses. Uh, usually get those released. Last year, you had one too late August. Uh, you usually get them late August, early September. So uh, when we should start seeing schedules released, we'll have schedule previews as well uh, as usual. All right, let's get into these five teams that I have uh, previewed this week or by the end of this week. Previews will be up on lacrossebucket.com. And, uh, you know, started out with the service academies because they're the easiest. Um, you, you don't have to go through all who they add, who they lose. Uh, well, who, they, they lose guys. They don't take transfers. Um, not many players transfer out of service academies, um, if ever. It's, it's a rare occasion. So um, started with the service academies and also – Air Force is the first team up in the uh, alphabetical list of uh, college lacrosse teams. 75 Division I lacrosse teams now. If you're not aware, Queens, Lindenwood uh, jumping into the D1 ranks this season, starting 2023 in the A-Sun. So uh, a bit more teams than we had last year. You lose Hartford, but you get those two teams in there. So... Uh, we're, I think, back to 75. We were at 75, I believe, 2020. So back to that number. All right, let's get going here with the Air Force Falcons.
Now moving on to the Omi West Point Black Knights, and this is a team coming off uh, another service academy team coming off a, a good season. Uh, Omi was the best service academy squad last season. Obviously had the loss to Navy uh, there. Kind of an up and down year, if you will. Um, but they did beat Boston U in the regular season, had that big win there, uh, and then ultimately fell to them 14-10 to in the title game, failed to make the NCAA tournament for the first time, uh, or failed to get back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019. Um, look, just right off the bat, I mean, what I'm looking at with this Army team is not necessarily who they get back, but who they lose. Um, and that's kind of the, the prism a lot of people are taking with this Black Knights squad because, look, they're losing a program great in Brendan Nickton. Uh, 12-time finalist w- 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 was on the stage there in Washington, D.C. Um, you're losing him. And, and he had a 101-point season. I mean, you're losing a guy with a 101-point season as a senior. You're losing that. You're losing that program great. But even on top of that, so, so the Nick Tone loss, as big as it is, I mean, he was the quarterback. He was probably as important to Army as any player was important to their team last season. He ran that offense front, back, backwards. He was the man for Army and had been the man for Army for four seasons. Now you lose him. Compound that with you also lose Bobby Abshire. Danny Kilbasa, Gunnar Phillip, Bo Waters, Aiden Burns. That means the Black Knights lose a total of 195 points. That's 112 goals. 195 points, 112 goals lost from that team last season. And this this, this was no rinky-dink offense that, that was running through one man. This was a phenomenal offense last season, one of the most prolific in college lacrosse, uh, one of the most efficient, I should say, 12th best scoring offense in college lacrosse, 13th nationally in offensive efficiency, team shooting percentage of 30%, a turnover rate of 31%. That's 14th best in, in college lacrosse. This was a good and consistent offense. Yes, they had some ups and downs, but it was, for the most part, a good and consistent offense with a program great running the show. You lose the program great in turn, and you also lose a good portion of that surrounding cast. Now, here's the good news. Reese Buick, Paul Johnson, Jacob Marin, they're all back. You get those guys, and that's a good core. And you'll hear me use this term multiple times for this Army program, plug and play. They do that maybe better than anyone else in the country. Army does, Navy does it, Air Force does it. The academies do it very well. And Army probably does it uh, the best of them, and they have done so under Joe Alberici for a number of years now. So while you do lose Nick Turner, Abshire, and the likes, you lose, you get back Louise Buick, Paul Johnson, Jacob Marin. Are those guys? Are any of those guys going to Nick Turner? No, absolutely not. No one's going to be. Uh, but you have a great foundation, a great base where you can build up an offense around. What that offense looks like around them is the bigger question to me than who's going to replace Brennan Nickton, because that's a stupid question 
no one's going to do that. Now, another area where they've got to replace somebody is on the defensive end. And, I mean, Wyatt Schuper, and we know the plug-and-play system in cage at West Point has been pretty good. They went from Beretto to Schuper pretty seamlessly. We'll see what they do with this next transition here. Uh, Schuper coming off a, a season, 180 saves, 51% save percentage, ends his career with a, a career percentage of 57%. I mean, th- this is going to be a difficult task again to replace Wyatt Schuper and Cage. And, and we know only the tradition of defense there and the tradition of goalies that this program has. It, it's going to be difficult to replace him. And look, they have four guys returning that will be fighting for that spot. Um, who gets it? I, I don't know. Uh, senior knocked Dent, saw the most action last season as a backup. Four games, 69% save percentage, very minimal action. Had seven saves, I should add. Uh, so very, very minimal action. Mitch Gutsell, Bennett Ong, uh, also saw minimal action as freshman in 22. Junior Matt Chess, and then Sean Bone and Edward, Evan Richardson uh, will be coming in from uh, the Prep Academy. Sean Bone, uh, a Georgia native. Uh, uh, had a phenomenal season uh, with Army Prep this past season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, uh, you, you know, firmly in this competition uh, there as well. You know, a lot of freshmen, we, we, we'll talk about a, a couple freshmen here. A lot of freshmen don't always get the opportunity to step in and be the guy at any position at, at Army. Um, but, you know, if you do have that, you know, We'll see Sean Bone, uh, how he does, but really liked his game in high school, liked his game, what I saw from him last season, uh, getting to watch a couple Army prep games uh, uh, via uh, streaming there, uh, looked very well. So we'll see how how things go there uh, in goal. But, that, but that's the other area where they've got to replace a huge piece. Uh, and, and I should mention Jack Wingand, also gone on defense, James Pryor, uh, the short-stick defensive midfielder also gone on defense. You've got some big pieces to replace back there. Uh, but as I mentioned with the offense, and I'll mention this with another position as well in a minute, there's, there, there's some returning talent, A.J. Pilat, The first freshman to start on defense under Joe Albrecht's tenure was phenomenal last season. One of the best freshmen in college across, as well as Will Coletti at the faceoff dot. And the way Army improved at the faceoff dot last year was tremendous and was a tremendous boost to this team and this offense, getting them those extra possessions that many times in 2021, they just simply did not get. And there were games that they lost in 2021, not because they didn't, not because they couldn't execute offensively, but because they were not getting those extra opportunities. You saw that against Virginia. It was a huge struggle. That's the one game that, that sticks out in my mind. It was a huge struggle at the faceoff dot for Army. And there was a lot of games like that in 2021. They get in this freshman, Will Coletti. He steps in, is, is phenomenal at the dot. And we'll see how he continues to grow, how A.J. Pallott continues to grow, and how these younger guys – holistically stepping in, continue to grow here. Um, and, and look, I'm going to mention this with, with a number of different Patriot League teams 
this offseason, I don't really think there's a clear-cut favorite. I think Boston U is going to come in as the favorite, uh, you know, as the, as the number one ranked team because they're the, the, they're the because they're the, the because they're the defending champs. I can't talk today because they're the the defending champs, and because of what they were telling. And we'll talk about Boston U uh, here in a few weeks. Um, but Loyola, Lehigh, Navy also should be in that mix as usual, as should Army. Um, so you know what this team looks like and what their ceiling, what their floor is. I, it's really a big question mark of what this Army team can be. Uh, we know in 2018 was the last time we saw something like this where Army wasn't necessarily um, fantastic. They had a losing season, uh, which I should add was followed by that spectacular 2019 season. Uh, in that 2018 campaign, you saw a lot of close losses from this Army team. I think we could very well see something similar to that, maybe not a losing season. I think this is still a team that's firmly in the hunt for the Patriot League title, um, and especially with the Patriot League being what it is this season. There's a lot of teams with a lot to replace. Uh, so th- this, like a lot of other things in college across, uh, it- it'll be a journey to see what the Sami team looks like. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, there's a lot to replace. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they do that. But uh, if history is any indicator, they can do it pretty well. They can do it pretty well. They've done it well under Joe Albarici. They can surely do it again. Uh, We'll see how that plays out, though, here in 2023. The Navy Midshipmen, uh, next team up here, is uh, another – this is a team that doesn't – so, first of all, I didn't watch as much Navy as I should have or wanted to last year. Just didn't get the opportunity uh, for these first five teams that I've done these previews on. Uh, the team I had to go back and watch the most film on this summer. And, uh, look, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this team coming into 23. Um, I, I guess I'll do a little outlook here first in, in this one, you know, opposite of what I've done for these other ones. You know, You've got Phipps coming in there as the offensive coordinator, Michael Phipps from Georgetown. You know, this offense, I think, can take a step forward. The defense was pretty good last season. Uh, They did have those games against Boston U and Loyola. um, And they returned pretty much everybody from every position um, last season. And so I think this is a team that, that, that should be a top 20, or could very well be a top 20 team entering the year, could be a top 20 team upon season's end, and could be a t- team that we see compete uh, for the Patriot League title uh, more so than they ever have before under Joe Amplow. And, and look, Joe Amplow, it, it's been a great, a, a, a good rise under him, a good rebuild, you, you could say. Um, things have been pretty good under Joe Amplow there at Navy, and, and I think they could be even better here in 23. And again, as I mentioned with the with the Patriot League, being pretty open, I think, uh, coming into the year, Lehigh having questions, Loyola having questions, Army having questions, Boston U being the really only, only team that I feel, you know, returns um, a, a formidable a truly formidable and unbeatable team, um, but they they have their depth issues as we as we know. 
Um, I think Navy could very well buy for this Patriot League title if they can put things together and uh, be, be, be consistent, be more consistent than they were a year ago. Um, and, and this should be a pretty good season. It, it's year four of Joe Amplow. I think year four uh, for, for a lot of coaches is the year where you want to establish kind of your, you know, put your mark on things. I think this could be the year that they do it. Now, uh, you know, looking at, at what they bring back, let's start with who they lose. Nick Cole, Audrey Flat, Jacob Jozo. Um, that's not a lot. Nick Cole, their top attackman. Audrey Flat, their top defensive midfielder. And Jacob Jozo's their uh, one of the top two face-off guys. I, you know, the, the the biggest question defensively for me is, you know, they have Jackson Bonnets, they have Nick Lacalzi, Kyle Fairbanks. Well, that was the three starters last season. Zach Snyder was the LSM. This is a defense that was um, a top ten unit in college, uh, top fifteen unit in college class. Uh, we're the top ten as well in terms of statistically. Now, they had those games, giving up 35 goals in back-to-back weeks against Boston U and Loyola. Um, but outside of that, they did pretty well. And I think uh, uh, Pat Ryan also back in cage. I think a you together with that group, uh, well, you did have some question marks, and they proved to be pretty decent, pretty steady um, outside of, of a couple areas. Uh, we, we should see improvement there on the defensive end. Uh, the, the two biggest areas where I have questions for this team is on offense and at the face-off dot. Offensively, uh, look, so Michael Phipps is back. He did pretty well at Georgetown, very well at Georgetown, I should add, and did pretty well at Navy in his first stop 2015-2017 under Rick Soule. Um, look, Navy averaged 10.6 goals per game last season, a midfield-focused unit. Patrick Skolniak, Dane Swanson, those are your top two guys coming back. Skolniak, 28 goals, 20 assists. Swanson, 21 goals, 17 assists. You know, at Georgetown, Phipps was used to running, and even at Navy in those later years, a more attack-heavy offense. I'm interested to see what this offense is going to look like uh, with those guys. I mean, you see Skolniak and Swanson, those are your top two guys at the midfield. This thing is run and has been run from the midfield for the past few seasons. You know, Henry Tolker is your top attackman coming back after a solid, uh, what was a sophomore campaign, I believe. And then Xavier Arline, I think his impact is going to depend on how much he plays. Does he play um, the full season? Does he not? I would not expect him to go from, assuming Navy makes a bowl game, I wouldn't expect him to go from a December slash January bowl game uh, straight into lacrosse in February. I would not expect that. Uh, March, possibly. So I wouldn't expect Arline, if he does continue to play both, to to come in in February. Um, Now, I could be wrong on that, but as a guy who's playing in that rotation at QB for the midshipman football team, that just does not make sense uh seems like a health risk to do that so uh, i would not i i I cannot see that happening where he comes in in february um i can see what we saw last year where he comes in now he did miss some time 
middle of the season. So if he comes in in March and plays the final full stretch of the season and it is that ex-attackman that you want him to be, I think this offense can be pretty good. You have him back there making moves, um, leading this team for Max, and then you've got Skolniak and Swanson leading things at the midfield. You've got a Henry Tolker there as well. This is an offense that can be pretty dang good. And Michael Phipps, uh, you know, he, he he has done a great job, whoever he's been, uh, improving the talent that he has and developing that talent. So, I mean, we'll see how things go. And you saw at, at Georgetown, they went from Dan Bucala to Jake Carraway to Dylan Watson uh, pretty, pretty easily and, and pretty seamlessly. Um, as those guys beating, being the leaders of those offenses. We'll see what happens here with Navy, but this is an offense that certainly needs to get better, certainly needs uh, – you know, it's funny. When, when, when Joe Ampo came in, I said, this is a, a, a an offense that relies too heavily upon their attack unit. This is an offense that needs more midfield depth there. Um, in, in terms of you had one midfielder, I believe, that had like double-digit uh, – points or double-digit goals. I said, you know, this is a midfield unit that needs to get more diversified. Uh, They need to get a more diversified offense in terms of an attack midfield balance, which I think in today's positionless lacrosse game, that's kind of going away. And and those midfielders and attack roles are kind of the lines are more bloated than ever. But still, uh, you know, you can't be one-dimensional and you have to have multiple multiple areas of attack. You have to have multiple points that you can attack from on a field. Uh, so I'm looking at what Phipps can bring to this offense to make it more, make it better, make it more efficient than what we've seen in the past few seasons. And, you know, they had last year seven games, I believe it was, uh, in where they failed to reach double digits. Um, I know they, they, they did – in both those games, I mentioned Boston U and Royola, the downsides of their season. Uh, now, Navy, I think, did put it a little bit together, and they looked a lot better offensively late in the year. They also had that weird Lafayette game, almost lost that one. Uh, the offense didn't look fantastic for stretches of that game. Uh, but certainly this offense is a concern of mine, uh, and so is the faceoff unit. So last season, uh, Navy ranked seventh out of nine, okay, so second to last, and face-off win percentage in the Patriot League. Midshipmen had no player go go over, go 50% or greater at the dot. Matt Hammond took the majority of draws. Now, he went 49.5%. You can round that up. I'll, I'll be fair there. Um, and I think he did improve, and his game against Army was fantastic, 51%. Colgate, 64%. Bucknell, 62%. Uh, Jacob Jarzos is graduated. He was the primary backup after being the primary guy in 21. Hammond, I expect him to improve. And frankly, he's going to have to improve. Um, you know, like they're not going to have a talented, experienced guy like Jarzos waiting in the wing. Um, so if you if you want this team and, and the improvement at the faceoff dot, getting those extra possessions, could help this offense get more possessions, get more time uh, to develop as well. So uh, they're going to have, you know, Nate Gobriel there is the only other returning faceoff man. He went six for 16 at the dot last season in three games as a freshman. 
uh, uh, Texas native, had a solid, solid high school career with Highland Park. So the face-off dot, certainly an area where you want maybe to improve uh, heading into 2023 and offensively. Uh, so many questions there with the new offensive coordinator and how they can improve that unit. Uh, but overall, I think this is a team that if they hit on those two things and if their defense stays stays the course, be pretty dangerous in the Patriot League in 
Now on to the last team, excuse me, to preview today. And that is the Bellman Knights. Um, look, this is a team that last year was the fourth best team in the A-Sun. I think this year coming in the year, they're probably the fifth best team in the A-Sun. Uh, they came uh, within a goal of Utah in the A-Sun semifinals game, uh, losing that one in overtime. Um this was a pretty good team last season that uh, look featured seven seven top ten scorers that were freshmen or sophomores. Um, had multiple freshmen see significant time at close defense, and had three players on the A Sun all freshman team. There's a lot of youth on this team that stepped up and showed out last season, um, and look, they came within a goal of Utah, uh, both in the postseason and in the regular season. Um, This is a team, I think, coming into 23, uh, could potentially challenge for that fourth spot in the ASUN, but I see them right now, uh, you know, firmly out of the uh, playoff picture, and it's going to be a situation, much like some other ASUN programs, where they're going to have to either, A, pull off an upset of one Utah, Jacksonville, Air Force, or Robert Morris, um, and, and then secondly, are going to have to uh, you know, possibly, potentially have some extra help there as well. Uh, looking at this team, uh, the biggest storyline, the biggest area of strength for this team in recent years has been their defense. Eric Ruback, John Robbins, two program greats back-to-back for this program. Uh, both leave atop the record books. Robbins broken freaking every record in the book last year. Ruback did it in 2021. Those guys are gone. Gone. Uh, so post-John Robbins, post-Eric Ruback, can this defense stay on track? Now, you had – I should mention you also um, – Bring back uh, and Brady Long and Max Koopman. Uh, they were freshmen. Uh, Tommy Dolkowski was a uh, sophomore uh, there as well, who also saw significant time. Koopman was a redshirt freshman, I should add there. Um, they do get back Jacob Berglund, who is back for the fifth season. Uh, he was a transfer from Whittier uh, Division Three program uh, out west and, and really played a big part on that defense. So you're having a veteran guy like him back along with these younger players, Long, Koopman, uh, Filkowski, that really stepped up last season, really proved and progressed as the season went along. As I mentioned, Brady Long, one of the best freshman defenders in college lacrosse. Um, and, and they still got a, a still have what I believe is probably uh, the best D-mid group or one of the best D-mid groups in the A-Sun, Denton McDonald, Harrison Pate. McDonald's a two-way guy, makes impacts on both ends of the field. Harrison Pate, just a strong, strong defender, uh, who also a guy that can impact in transition as well. Uh, but the biggest, I think, area of strength that you, a uh, confidence booster that you should have of this team is, hey, they got J.C. Higginbotham back in the cage. Um, he didn't have the best of seasons last year. 48% save percentage, but has been a, a 50% or above throughout his career. 
Uh, and they also have Dante Batista there, a more than solid backup. Started two games last season where Higginbotham did fade, eventually comes back in the fray and, and had a good season down the stretch. But uh, certainly the loss of John Robbins is going to be huge. Uh, but I think they have more than enough talent to be able to uh, sustain that loss. And certainly you're not going to replace him. You're not going to find a guy that's you know, halfway as good as him uh, on this roster right now. Um, in terms of an impact standpoint. Um, but this is a team that can still be a very good defense and one of the better defenses, uh, certainly in the A-Sun in 2023. Let's go to the offensive end first now. Um, uh, secondly now, they, they lose Braden Brown, who was their second leading goal, uh, their leading goal scorer from a year ago. They return everyone else. Uh, Kyle Playstead, uh, and most importantly, the walking highlight reel, 53 points a season ago, broke the program record for points in a season, 28 goals, 25 assists. Uh, the quarterback of this offense, now as a junior, I should be expected to lead this team to even more greener pastures offensively. Um, but look, I mean, this is a team that, despite their talent, you have a guy like Kyle Playstead who you'll see making a highlight, making the rounds on the highlights on social media every Saturday in the spring. Christian Delarocco, Benny O'Rourke, Jesse Roth, Justin Westcoat was a freshman last season. Uh, uh, was a sophomore last, uh, is a sophomore uh, this season. Delarocco is a junior. This is still a younger core. Uh, they've grown up now. They're a year older. You saw a, a, an offensive stagnation in 2021. It improved in 2022. Can it get better in 2023? You've got a new offensive coordinator and Mike Undusk, uh, Undrusk uh, coming in, uh, actually being promoted from volunteer assistant uh, there to take over uh, for Steve Soriano, uh, who has moved out of the coaching profession. So you've got a new OC in there. We'll see how things go. Uh, seven games in which they put up single digits last season. So that is where you're going to have to improve to the fullest extent for this team is offensively, uh, once again, a very similar situation to last season. One area where it's not a similar situation is at the faceoff dot. Uh, so, and I say that kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way because this is a team that still needs to improve at the faceoff dot. Uh, but they don't need to improve as much as they did in – uh, coming into 2022. Coming into 2022, this is a team that went 29% in 2021 at the faceoff dot, uh, the worst program in college across in facing off in 2021, I uh, believe they were. Uh, if they were not the worst, they were one of the bottom three. I, I remember that. Uh, Bellman has failed to go 50% or higher as a team at the faceoff dot for each of the past six seasons. Uh, this is a horrific team uh, in terms of their track record and facing off and has really come back to bite them in many respects. Uh, they've been in some of these big games during the SoCon era and now in the ASUN era where you just got to get that, get that next draw. You can get that opportunity. You know you got shooters, and, and they can't get the draw. They're double pull in the wings you saw them do. Uh, the, the past few seasons to help with that. Uh, but Aiden Fern has arrived. Cole Messick has arrived. These guys, 43.7% uh, 
and 46% at the dot last season. Aiden Fone and A-Sun, all freshman selection up. <clears throat> Look, fifth year, uh, JT Simonton also saw action. He'll be back again uh, in 2023, I believe. Uh, went 27% last season. Uh, you, know, I, you know, this is a team that still needs to improve at the faceoff dot, but not nearly as much as they did a year ago. Uh, and you look at Fone, you look at Messick, it'll be interesting. Do they continue having that two-pronged attack there at the dot, or do they go with one guy or the other uh, and say, go with it, and you're the, you're the primary guy. We're not doing this double-pronged thing anymore. Uh, that, that'll be interesting with this program. Uh, but just overall, yeah, fifth-best team in the A-Sun. They've got a lot of promising talent. Uh, the, the, the question is, can they put it together? Um, and look at, they've got a good freshman class coming in here. Uh, on these previews, we're not going to talk a ton about the incoming freshman class, uh, but some of these lower programs, when I do see a good freshman class, I'll mention it to you. And certainly with some of these un- under All-Americans coming into any program, uh, we'll certainly hit on them. Uh, we'll hit on the freshmen a lot when we're coming to, uh, to Syracuse uh, in about a month or so when we look at the, at the Orange. Uh, but Bellarmine, uh, looking, looking, you know, you have to have some optimism. You're full of the Andy Whitley era, uh, but it's still, it, it's still you in a tougher conference now uh, with the A-Sun and you two. Jacksonville's in there. Uh, Moser joined Queen Lindenwood. It's a much more crowded conference. And, uh, yeah, th- that'll be very, very interesting in how they, uh, how they fall in the packing order and, and if they can break. Uh, what many people would would assume is where they are supposed to be situated, which is probably fifth best in the A-Sun in 2023. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media at LacrosseBucket on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.